Welcome to another episode of Kinsider. Kinsider features the biggest stories in media and tech with insights from the people inside the deals. Kinsider is a production of Kindred Media, powered by Liontree, a global merchant and investment bank. This is Laura Clinton with Kinsider. So today we're here with Aspen Chirito, who is a current student at the London School of Economics and Political Science pursuing a bachelor's in finance, who has earned more than my yearly salary trading NFTs, which, to be clear, is a testament to her trading ability and not to my compensation. Aspen got involved in the Web3 space while studying media and communications at the University of Greenwich in London. She was an early adopter of cryptocurrency before going on to trade NFTs in 2021. She started off trading stocks in April of 2020 after getting her car totaled, quickly moving from trading options to trading crypto. She was one of the first members of the Board Ape Yacht Club before unfortunately selling her ape in May of 2021, and she currently holds 90 NFTs, including a TV head Cool Cat. Cool Cat's floor price is currently 40 Ethereum, or 118,000 US dollars. She's also created a TikTok to teach others about crypto and NFTs. You can follow her at Aspen ETH. Thank you again for being here. Yes, of course. What is it like to be 19 years old and to have this sort of financial security already? Um, it's a bit crazy. It's very much like a sense where when I was like in high school and like I was working like a minimum wage job, I'd be like, oh my God, like... I made like $2,000 like in a paycheck. Like that's so awesome. And now I'm like, oh, my NFT flip was only like 4K. So I, I guess I've gotten a bit selfish with, <laughs> with it. But I think uh, especially like being in the space, it's kind of like a notion if like you're not at a million dollars, you haven't made it yet in crypto, which is a bit messed up <laughs> because that is a lot of money. But um, yeah, I guess that's that's. And if you don't mind my asking, what was your initial investment into crypto? I believe I started out with about like 4K. So when I first bought my board ape, I was living in London and was like going to university and stuff. But I was in London during COVID. So not much was happening. So I had a lot of like money for my student loan that I just wasn't spending. So I was kind of putting that all into crypto, which could have gone really bad. Luckily, it didn't. But uh, I think it was probably about like $4,000 that I started with. And then I think I put like maybe like 4K back in when like I went back to like my summer job and was babysitting and everything. But yeah. So how has that changed your mindset around money going in from working minimum wage jobs and going to school to having this mindset of I need to make a million dollars trading NFTs or I haven't made it in crypto? Yeah. It's a bit stressful. (laughs) It is very like exciting and stuff like that. I think especially like now, like, so when I got into the space, it was about April of 2021. And so we were in like a peak, not like peak bull market, but like the price was going up and like we still didn't hit like the all-time high that we hit a few months ago. So there is still like room for growth. And so like right now where we're at, we're in like a downward like bearish trend. So everything's a bit more like scary and not as exciting as it once was, but bear markets are kind of like the opportunity when to make the most money just because everyone's a bit scared. So you're confident that this will turn itself back around again? I think so. I mean, like, well, yes, I am. It won't be as quick, I think. Well, past bear markets, I think we're 
lasted probably about like two or three years. I think what we're currently at, just because of like the rate of growth with crypto and just because of like how many funds are trying to get in, I think we might be in a bear market for maybe like a year or so. But I don't know. Since I do most of my investing in NFTs, I do think that NFTs probably won't take the biggest hit just because they are based around the community aspect. And people aren't just going to leave because they love their NFTs so much. And what was it that initially piqued your interest about the Web3 space? I think just how new it was. I always like heard about Bitcoin. Like I remember being in my 2018 newspaper class and one of the girls in my class was talking about how she was asking for Bitcoin for her senior graduation gift. And I was like, oh no, that's such a scam. Like, no, like what Bitcoin? And then a few years later during COVID, actually, I was like, hmm, what is this? Smart girl, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she was pretty smart. Like, she, she's genius. Like, she probably, like, looked into this sooner. But I did a bit more research. And the whole technology aspect of it, I don't think there's ever been... Of course, I wasn't around during the creation of the internet. I was not born yet. <laughs> but, sure. So I didn't really get to see that growth happen. But now, like, seeing, like, the Web3 and, like, crypto growth happen and seeing the rate, it's growing, like... I'm not sure like the exact metrics, but it's growing way faster than the growth of the internet happened in like the 90s. So just seeing like how fast it's growing and just how excited everybody is in the space. Like I've met like so many great people in the space. Everyone's just trying to build new things and do new ideas. And especially like, the whole decentralization aspect's really interesting because like that helps people in like different countries who might not have access to like banking as we do in the States. So let's speak to that uh, decentralization Mm -hmm. point a bit more. What do you think are the greatest advantages to decentralization? What do you think is so exciting to young people like yourself about the concept of decentralized finance? Yeah, so I think what's most exciting is that it's accessible to like anybody. So like in decentralization, it doesn't matter what your credit score is. It doesn't matter what your income is. If you're married, if you're single, like how old you are, no matter what, you can use any of the protocols in it. So I think that's like a big thing that makes me so excited about it because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, like I can't invest in this because I don't have enough money or because I don't have a job. So they won't let me open an account to do like futures trading or something like that. So in the decentralization aspect, you can park your stable coins and something and earn quite low, but compared to banks, 10% APY. And how did you go about educating yourself about cryptocurrency, about how to invest, where to get started? I started out with learning about it through the internet, of course. And so when I first started learning, I started off with like stock trading. So I joined like various like forums and groups to kind of learn more and like advance my knowledge. And then I met like a group of people that decided they were like, oh, we're going to start like a crypto group. Like, would you like to join? So I joined that and we all shared different information and then started going on Twitter and meeting more people and sharing different information. So I kind of learned through other people and just we all kind of learned together. And so that was a big aspect. And especially YouTube videos as well were very helpful. YouTube University. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people like always talk bad about finance YouTubers and stuff like that because there's a lot of GME apes, let's go and like stuff like that. But when you find the smaller ones, they go really in depth about like different like protocols on the space or just like the news on what's happening. So I feel like that was really beneficial with me when I started learning. So you learned sort of everything that you know about investing through YouTube, through Discord pages, through other people on the internet. Mm -hmm. 
How did you vet your information? How do you know that you're getting good advice? It was always a sense when you're in like these certain like Discord groups or like Twitter spaces, there are people who are like are lying about stuff and we're like, we call them like LARPs, I guess. LARPs? <laughs> yeah. Where does that come from? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Live action role players. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. I did not know that. <laughs> so you've got LARPers in these Discord yeah, so groups we, that are trying to lead you astray. Yeah, so so you got to watch out for the LARPers. Yeah. But I was lucky to like find like a good few of them that were completely authentic and like let me know like that they have been in the space for a while and just know about all of this stuff. So it probably wasn't the best way to go about it because they could have been lying to me, but luckily they weren't. <laughs> so, so, so really it's through the power of friendship, you guys took th- on no, Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that's, it works. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the mantra of all of Web3. Like with the power of friendship and a shared Google Doc, we can take down Wall Street. I mean, that's basically it. Decentralized like that, finance. That, that's, that's it. Like it's just all friendship. Everyone's just like hanging out. Hanging out, like, creating the future. That's crypto. I know that Twitter spaces is big in the Web3 community. Why do you think people are so drawn to Twitter spaces specifically and to Discord? So crypto is very niche. And, like, when you're in this space, you don't really realize how niche it is because, like, it's all you see. And so that's kind of something that's hard for me to understand because I'll try to talk to anybody about it and they'll be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But when you get, like, Twitter spaces and discords, you're able to find people who have the same interests as you. So if you want to do a Twitter spaces about the new, like, Azuki drop, then you can just start a Twitter space and people will start joining because they see the name Azuki and they all want to talk about it. People are able to find other people with their same interests. And I feel like that was never really like a thing before or as big as it is now. And especially in like the Web3 crypto space, it's especially huge just because everyone's just very like authentic in it. And everyone's just trying to learn and grow. And the best way to learn and grow is to talk to other people who are also interested in the same things that you are interested in. It's funny because, you know, we we're talking about the decentralization of finance, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the decentralization of information. Yeah. How previously you would have to go to the library and you'd mm-hmm. check out a book and you would read on a subject and maybe it wasn't quite as specific or deep as you wanted to go on any particular topic. But now we have all of these forums, TikTok, mm-hmm. Twitter, Discord, where you can be incredibly specific and find people from all over the world sharing these resources, sharing information with each other. So... Yeah, it's kind of the decentralization of the world, really, which (laughs) is so exciting. So your first NFT that you bought was a bored ape. Yeah. And you were 18 (laughs) years old. What was that like? What attracted you originally to the bored ape Um, project? So one of my friends sent it to me and he was just like, these just came out. I don't really know anybody who's buying. I don't really know much about NFTs. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Funny cowboy monkey. I love it. I'm buying it. So I remember like sitting in my dorm room in London and being like, okay, I think I had probably about like 0.5 ETH at the time. I think that was like all I had. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to buy this monkey. And so I bought it because (laughs) one thing that really stood out to me about it was not a lot of people talk about it with like the board apes now, but this was a big reason why I bought, which is funny that no one talks about it now. But when you bought it and you connected your wallet to the website, you were able to like draw in the swamp. 
Like oh, it yeah, was the like community graffiti board. Yeah, community mm-hmm. graffiti board. And I remember being like, I need to see this. I am so excited. And so I bought the ape just to see that. And then I remember like going to the kitchen, like showing my flatmates. I was like, look, I bought an NFT. And they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, so that was my first NFT. And then that brought me into like the whole NFT space because NFTs were a thing before, obviously, like crypto punks and crypto kitties and stuff like that. But there was never really like the whole community aspect of it. And I feel like Board Ape Yacht Club was the first to do that, especially because when you owned a Board Ape, you're allowed the IP, right? So you're allowed to do whatever you want with the ape. So that was kind of like a huge thing. And that's why a lot of NFT projects, that's what they all do now. So it kind of set the precedent for it. Was there anything crazy written on that graffiti board? It was just like a lot of like memes, I think. Like I like really? I remember I looked at it once and I was just like, did I really spend four hundred dollars to look at this? I was like, <laughs> what did I just do? But then I remember I was like posting my ape all over like Twitter and stuff. I was like, guys, look. And then everyone was just like, ha, I screenshotted it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Because that is the number one thing I hear from people mm-hmm. when we're talking about NFTs is okay, I screenshotted it. Got you. Did yeah. it. Yeah stole your NFT. Yeah. It's not even like funny. <laughs> like, it doesn't even like make sense because like, yes, you can screenshot it, but like the Yuga Labs airdrop just happened. If you owned an ape, you literally got like a hundred K for free just for owning an ape because it was like valued in ape coins, whatever. So painful. <laughs> so it like doesn't make any sense because like, yes, you can screenshot it, but you're not able to sell it. Yeah, which you don't is have like this, the value. Exactly. It gets like, oh, like I can take a photo of like the Mona Lisa. Like, okay, you have a photo of it. Like, you don't own the Mona yeah, Lisa. Yeah, like, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, like, I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's just the big thing. That's the first like witty comeback. Like, if someone's like, I have an NFT, you're like, oh, I'm going to screenshot it. But yeah. Do you think that people <laughs> who are commenting that, who are saying like, oh, I'm going to screenshot your mm-hmm. NFT, 10 years from now, do you think they'll look back and realize that that's a silly comment? Oh, oh yeah. Or do you oh, think yeah. we'll be looking back and saying, oh man, they screenshotted all our NFTs. We're done. Nah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that especially like what Yuga Labs and like Board Ape Yacht Club and just what all like the big NFTs are doing now, they're not going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's no doubt in my mind, like 10 years from now, they're going to be like even like way, way bigger than like they are now. Because like, I don't know if you told me like in uh, May when I bought an ape that I would have gotten to go to like a yacht party for owning it. I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what was that like going to oh, that yacht party? Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> it was like the coolest thing ever. So it was the same week during NFT NYC. And I had to wait in line for like four hours. The line like wrapped around the block three times, I think. But it was so funny because everyone was just like wearing ape merch. And everyone kept doing like this like random ape chant. They were like, oh. But it was so weird, but it was the best thing ever. Um, Did everybody in that line own a board ape? Yes, you either got to go if you owned an ape or a mutant. So obviously I didn't own my ape at the time, but I had two mutants. So that's how I got to go. And then like I took two of my friends who were like super, super anti-NFTs. Now they're like, oh, did you see like the new NFT drop that just happened? I'm like, hmm. You converted them. I literally like, I was like, you guys were just like finance stock bros. Like, look at you now. Like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think that really speaks to the power of the community behind all these NFTs. No, yeah. And that is the driving aspect of the valuation of all of these projects is the community behind it. As someone who's part of that community, Mm -hmm. what do you think makes it different than, say, a book club? 
Yeah, I think that what makes it so different is just how quickly, like, it's advancing. I talked to a lot of, like, people who were, like, in the space during, like, the summer, so, like, June, July, and stuff like that. And even then, no one thought it would grow to the rate it has now. Just how quickly it's growing and just how many more people are getting onboarded and then just the new NFTs that are, like, coming out, like, burnable NFTs or, like, different NFT events— more celebrities getting into it and just stuff like that. So I think what makes it so exciting and what makes the community so strong is that we all know that we're early, which sounds so silly to say, but it is so early because Board Ape Yacht Club just raised about like, not sure the exact amount, but I think it was like half a million. Yep, they like, raised $450 million yeah. at a valuation of $4 billion. Yeah, so they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and to name drop a little bit, Lion Tree is a major participant in that round. Hey, no yeah. way! So we are very involved. Oh, oh that's huge. <laughs> You're going to make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it, boys. Pack it in. We're done. Uh, it's just like exciting to like see. And it's all going to grow so much more. And I think that's why the community is so strong, just because everyone is so excited. What do you think are the most challenging aspects of this world right now? I think like with the Web3 world right now, as well, I'm mostly like in the NFT community. So a big thing right now is just the market is like quite oversaturated. And so a lot of the NFTs that are coming out like at the moment don't really have like the same backbone as like ones that have come out like previously because everyone's trying to like get that next like cash grab. The market's like a bit shaky right now just because like, with everything going on in, like, the real world. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone is just kind of, like, the big thing that, like, I've seen is that a new project will come out and then everyone will run to that new project and then the project will reveal, everyone will sell, and then everyone will run to the next project after that. So it's just you're playing, like, a circle game, just running and running and running to the next project. My big thing with, like, NFTs is, like, making sure that the team and community are great because the project's not going to do well if the team isn't good. That's the whole point of the NFT. Like, what's, like, the roadmap? Like, what are they planning to do and stuff like that? And then if the community's good, then you know, okay, it's going to stick around. Like, people are in this for the long haul. So I think that's a big thing now with how oversaturated the market is. A lot of the communities aren't as strong as, like, they once were, like, a few months ago. But I think as time goes on, like, that'll slowly, like, weed out just because, like, people are understanding that, like, it's not sustainable. It's not the way that this is supposed to go. What do you think makes a strong community in NFTs? I would say the big thing right now is alpha groups. So you're on Discord, you join like the Discord of the NFT that you hold, say like Cool Cats. So I have a Cool Cat NFT, so I'll go into the Cool Cats Discord, I'll do collab land, I'll connect my wallet to my Discord, and then I'll get like a Cool Cat role that says like I'm an owner. And then you'll get access to like these secret channels. So that's kind of like the big thing now where like these alpha chats where like everyone's sharing their new information and like Everyone's, like, trying to, like, find what the next big project is going to be. So that's, like, quite huge. Doodles has, like, a huge one right now, which is, like, constantly active. It's kind of, like, a big appeal of, like, people are like, oh, I want to own a Doodle so I can get in Doodles Alpha and, like, stuff like that. So I would say in that Alpha groups, it's clear that everyone is just trying to win. Everyone is trying to get everybody else to win. And I think that's what makes a strong community because everyone else is like rooting for each other and everyone else is trying to get better and make more money. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but it sounds like these alpha groups are kind of like the Wall Street Bets page on almost <laughs> like a micro scale where yeah. it's very NFT uh-huh. focused, but it's the appeal mm-hmm. of these communities is you get this 
kind of insider information mm-hmm. and you know what the next thing is to trade and yeah. you're driving everything to the moon. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing in the market right now. Everything is based off hype. Whenever like I'm about to buy a new project, I'll be like, okay, I need to check is Doodle Alpha talking about yeah. this? And like if Are I, the cool kids buying it? I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, like there's like certain names that like you look for in Doodles Alpha. You're like, okay, I know this guy is good. Like this guy has good alpha. <laughs> it is kind of like the Wall Street beds like page where everyone's showing like their new ideas and like, guys, buy this project and like stuff like that. So then just to challenge that idea a little bit, if there's a few top users mm-hmm. that people are looking to point them in the right direction. Does that re-centralize the decentralized oh, it's aspect? Like, there's these like NFT influencers. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is Let's like tea. Okay. <laughs> so what these NFT influencers, they've been getting like roasted recently. It's on the blockchain. Everything is public. You can see anything. You can see what everybody's doing. Everybody has everyone's wallet address unless you're like anonymous. But if you're an NFT influencer, everyone has your wallet address. So what happened a week ago is that one of the NFT influencers tweeted, I love cool cats. And he has like 200k followers or something. So everyone started buying cool cats because they were like, oh my gosh, like this guy knows something. This guy knows something. Turns out the guy was just trying to dump all his cool cats. So everyone was just like, what are you doing? This is not okay. So that's kind of like a big thing now. NFT influencers are like a different breed. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. people caught on to him quickly, Mm -hmm. it seems. Yeah, but now it's kind of like a meme. So everyone will be like, I love doodles. And then they'll be like, just sold my doodle. (laughs) So it's kind of like things like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the beauty of the blockchain. Like people are able to call people out. So they call the guy out and he was just like, I only sold five. And they were like, what? Like you sold five. Like, 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 what do you? kind of a lot. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? So we have this authenticity and then we have this accountability measure on the blockchain. But we're pairing this with influencer culture (laughs) that's giving everybody this really unprecedented power. Mm -hmm. And everybody in this space, it seems, is coming from a similar background to yourself where they don't have formal training. They're not necessarily Wall Street traders. They're just normal people like you and me who decided apes are cool. I'm going to buy one. (laughs) Paris Hilton happens to buy one. Yep. Now it's huge. Uh Uh-huh. And we're all buying into the hype of it. Yeah, that's basically what it is. (laughs) How do you see this expanding when everybody's involved? If this does really go mainstream, is that sustainable? How is that aspect of community going to carry itself as it goes mainstream? Mm -hmm. I think it'll be like a bit more difficult just because like as new people come in, people are going to be like, oh, like we miss like the old community. But like, I think what everyone like needs to understand is that like, by having new people come in, it's all about growth. And yes, of course, they might not get all like the jokes that we say and things like that. But our whole purpose of like being in the NFT community is wanting the space to grow and like wanting everyone to like onboard into it because we all believe that like it's going to be huge and it is becoming huge. I would say it is sustainable. I feel like projects will be a lot different in like a few years. And a big thing now is a lot of like the big projects are doing cheaper projects. Like how like Board Ape Yacht Club did like the Mutant Apes. Board Ape Yacht Club was at like a 60 ETH floor when they released Mutant Apes and Mutant Apes were at like 5 ETH. So it was like an easier way for people to get into the ecosystem. And like Doodles did that with Noodles. So Doodles are about at like 14 ETH and Noodles are at like 0.2 ETH, I believe. So I think it'll always kind of be a sense where I'm like, where it's, okay, 
if you were in the space earlier, you have like a mutant or you have a bored ape, you have a cool cat, you have a doodle. But if you just got into the space, you might own a noodle, you might own a cool pet, you might own a mutant ape. So kind of like that sense. It's kind of like layered, but everyone's also getting exposure into the ecosystems that they want to get exposure into. That's so fascinating. And I'm curious, what do you think are the biggest barriers to entry right now Mm -hmm. in getting into the space? Because it seems, at least right now, I'll admit I bought my first NFT (laughs) about two weeks ago. (laughs) It was 25 US dollars. It was like 0.03 ETH. It was a duck. Where did you find that? It was what I could afford. But like, did you just like look for the cheapest? The story is... (laughs) Aspen and I both actually went to a Web3 meetup a couple weeks ago in downtown Manhattan, which was very fun. I was going to do a little bit of investigative journalism, scope out the space, (laughs) meet some people. And this happened as most poor decisions in my life happen. There was a cute girl. Uh, She was like, you don't own an NFT and you're at this event? We should change that. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, anything you say. (laughs) And so she really like took my phone, set up my wallet for me. Oh, no way. I didn't even have the security code. Yeah, you, you know, did not I, have the seed phrase. I did not have my seed the phrase. The first rule of crypto. First rule of crypto. <laughs> I created my MetaMask wallet in the middle of this club. And then she was like, okay, now you're ready to buy your NFT. Which one do you want? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I know nothing about this. Uh-huh. She goes, okay, you're going to buy this one. This is the project you should get into. They're pretty consistently priced around here. And so she just handed me back my phone. She's like, scroll through it, pick one you like. And so I just (laughs) picked a cute duck. He's a doctor. And um, (laughs) I was like, yeah, this will do well for me in my old age. I have this doctor duck. They're they're going to one ETH. Yeah, to the moon. And um, (laughs) so I bought it. And then that night I was airdropped a second NFT. So I now own two NFTs. I have a duck and a demon, which I think is like really symbolic. I own an NFT. I don't necessarily understand the value of it because I personally haven't, I don't know if there is a a big community surrounding the dastardly ducks. Maybe there is that I have Have you checked out their Discord? I haven't. What? See, you know, I'm a a total novice here. You'll get a special Um, role for owning a duck. I can be the community doctor. (laughs) They're screwed. (laughs) They'll probably give it to you. I joined one NFT. They're called Lynx DAO. It's a DAO, but it was like an NFT. And it was like you got like two memberships that you could mint. But their whole main goal is to buy a golf course with like the funds they get from like NFT sales. And so I went in there like when they first minted and I was like, I want to be the cart girl. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, okay. And so now I have a role called cart girl and I just get like pinged by like random like people in the discord being like, can you get me a beer? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Send back like beer emoji. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, cheers. Like, And they're like, oh my God, thanks cart girl. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So it almost seems like the real value add is that dopamine hit of like being cart girl and like a little bit of a sense of purpose. Yeah, no, (laughs) no, it's kind of hype. They like release merch. I reply to all of their tweets. I'm like, when's cart girl merch? (laughs) Where is it? It's exciting. But the whole like barrier like to entry with it, I would say a lot of people are just a bit scared. Even like I was talking like my friends back home about this and I was just like, why don't you guys get into it? And they were like, it's just so much information. And it is. So much information. And I feel like once you're in the space, you don't really realize how much information it is just because it's constantly moving so fast. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just get used to it. 
whenever people are like asking like how to get started in this space I think the best way is like just going on Twitter or like joining a discord and just asking questions Mm -hmm. because like everyone's nice everyone is trying to learn I feel like people are like scared they're like oh my god they own a board ape like they're like really rich but like I swear like all the people I know who own an ape are just like I just thought it was cute yeah, <laughs> that's all it like is. Like my duck. Just like, oh, exactly. he's a doctor. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's just like fun. Like, everyone's trying to have fun. I feel like a lot of people, especially people who aren't in the space, tend to think the space is a lot more serious than it actually is. They're like, oh, all of this stuff's like so bad. And it's like, no, everyone's just trying to like grow. Yes, we need to work on like our carbon footprint and everything like that. But we are working towards it. And in the meantime, we're like making like layer twos and side chains. People think it's so expensive to get started in it. I think that people have like made ways to like work around that. So like a big thing is sidechain NFTs. So like Solana NFTs. I'm not sure if there's Avex NFTs, but just like any sidechain has different NFTs. And so those are usually a lot cheaper. But then like the scary thing about that is the community aspects aren't the greatest because everyone is just trying to make like quick flips, which Mm -hmm. is why like I prefer to stick to Ethereum. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So a yeah. lot of it comes down to trust. Do you trust yeah. this mm-hmm. chain? Do you trust this brand of cryptocurrency? Yeah. Do you trust the leadership on this team? It's so interesting. So what <laughs> are some of your favorite NFTs right now? I mean, I obviously love the whole like board ape ecosystem. Sure. <laughs> I just think what they're doing is absolutely insane. It'll always hurt my heart that I sold <laughs> so soon. Like, we got to get your ape back. I know. <laughs> I back. One day. Doodles are like another project that's pretty big. They started off kind of like as a doodle DAO. Their whole like concept is kind of like all the funds from like secondary sales on OpenSea go into like the doodle bank and then the doodle bank will vote on proposals in the doodle DAO (laughs) on what they want to like do and like what they want to use the funds for. So like they just released merch and then they just had like a huge like South by Southwest event and I think Diplo performed there. Wow. So their community is like super cool and like the devs are doxxed. Um, cool Cat devs are doxxed too. Board Ape Yacht Club devs are doxxed, but not willingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. So the idea of a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So we have a decentralized sort of governing body, decentralized finance, decentralized ownership. What do you think this is coming to in the larger Web3 world? I think it'll like be way bigger than it is now. I feel like a lot of companies might move to DAOs just because it's just such a perfect way of like doing everything. Everything's on chain, so you know nothing can be like all like messed up or anything. You know like who did what. I really like DAOs. I haven't been a part as um, as many as like I wish I have been part of, but like from the sidelines from what I've seen is I think that it's a way for like people in the community to get involved if they don't want to put themselves out there. If they just want to like vote and like see which way like a protocol is like going to go, then they can just do it through the DAO. They don't have to like go into like a chat and be like, listen, I want this to happen. So you have your community and then the DAO allows the community to make decisions that mm-hmm. they think will increase their value. Yes. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you had to describe the whole Web3 world in three adjectives, yeah. what would you choose? Probably fast-paced, yeah. crazy, and a lot of memes. It's all memes. Like that's, all memes. that's all it is. Of it's course. so exciting to hear your story <laughs> and to hear how the space is growing. And mm-hmm. it's awesome to get your insights yeah. as someone who's an early adopter of this technology. Thank you again. Yeah, yes, of course. I loved it. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Kinsider. If you like this episode, please hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to podcasts. If there's an option to leave a review, that'd be great.